Good morning, everyone. Seems like a long time since uh, I've been able to speak to you as a community. I've really enjoyed this last series on God being an awesome God. How just invigorating to be able to spend some time just reflecting on the different attributes of who God is. I hope that you appreciated it as much as I did. We are now jumping back into the established series that we started in the fall and continuing on. And where we are in the story of the Bible is in probably the lowest point in Israel's history. Uh, we had before when, when David was king, that was kind of the pinnacle of their history. And now we're really at the lowest point. And Jeremiah chapter 7 summarizes what their relationship with God is like at this time and what, is God, uh, what God is desiring for them. So let's then look at this kind of summary in Jeremiah chapter 7. Starting in verse 23, it says, Obey me, and I will be your God, and you will be my people. <clears throat> so we see both the idea of obedience, and the whole point of that is this phrase, I will be your God, and you will be my people, which is probably one of the most often repeated phrases from the Old Testament. It's really a summary of of what God is desiring through this whole journey called the Bible and called human history is that he longs to be in relationship with us where he would be our God and we would be his people. So then he goes on to say, walk in obedience to all I command you that it may go well with you. So the commands are going to bring something very beneficial if you do what God says. But they did not listen or pay attention. Instead, they followed the stubborn inclinations of their evil hearts. They went backward and not forward. From the time your ancestors left Egypt until now, day after day, again and again, I sent you my servants, the prophets. But they did not listen to me or pay attention. They were stiff-necked and did more evil than their ancestors. And so uh, this is just a, uh, a horrible indictment against the people of Israel, saying, I have been faithful to you, I've sent my prophets to warn you, to encourage you. And not only did you not heed them, you've actually become worse than even what your ancestors did. And what is the, what is the whole uh, problem revolve around? That you haven't obeyed my commands. It's shocking to me when I read the Bible just how central it is, uh, the messages, to obeying God's commands. I don't know about you, but I don't hear a lot of people talk that way these days. I don't hear them talk about obedience, and nobody wants to talk about commands. Good heavens, if you are a pastor, the last thing you want to do is present yourself as being some kind of legalistic preacher. And so they, uh, I, I think we try to do everything but, uh, but use that word. But here we have in Scripture saying that there are commands and they need to be obeyed. And if you do that, it's going to go well with you. You're going to have a relationship with God. You're going to be blessed by him. And if you don't, God's, uh, God's face is going to be turned away from you, and you're going to reap the fruit of your decisions. Very, very sobering. So given the importance of obeying God's commands, what we're going to do this morning is we're going to, do, we're going to ask, what do we obey? Who do we obey? Why do we obey? When do we obey? And finally, how do we obey? So let's look, first of all, at what do we obey? 
What does it mean when God says, obey my commandments? What would be a way to summarize this? Well, we know in Matthew 22, uh, verses 37 to 40, that the sum of the law is to love God and to love others. And then in 1 John chapter 3, verse 23, it expands it just a little bit. And this is what it says. This is his command. So this is the big, you know, drum roll, please kind of idea. This is his command to believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another. So he adds to this command to love God and to love others, the idea of believing in Jesus Christ. You're trusting in him. Now, we know that as we've gone through this series and as we've studied God's word, that Trust and love are the foundation of a healthy relationship. So what God is saying through all of his commands is, I want to have a healthy relationship with you. I want it to be trust-filled and love-filled. And if if you obey that command, we're going to have a healthy relationship, and you're going to experience the benefits of a relationship with the living God. So this is why in 1 John 5, verse 3, he says, uh, my commands are not burdensome. Now, this kind of runs in an opposite direction to what we think. You know, when we hear commands, it's like, as soon as I hear the word command, I assume that it's something that I'm not going to enjoy or want to do or will bring benefit. It's just an obligation to kind of please someone else and what their agenda is. Well, what we find in Scripture is the opposite is that God's commands aren't burdensome because they actually create space for the very relationship that our hearts long for. And so uh, God says, obey my commands because I'm letting you know how to have that life-giving relationship with me that you really long for. So they're not burdensome. So what do we obey? The command to trust in God and to love God. How do we, uh, who do we obey? Well, it's kind of obvious when we look at Jeremiah 7, and I think the whole Bible, is we obey God. Now, here's what's interesting about this. When we hear the idea, perhaps, of obeying God, we think that that's in contrast to uh, not obeying kind of anybody. Like, obedience is an optional way of living. Some people are kind of into obedience, but then there's a whole other bunch of people who don't really care much for obedience. And the idea is is that there's this kind of neutral ground of non-obedience. Well, we simply don't see this in Scripture. Uh, You know, if you remember the old Bob Dylan song that you've got to serve somebody, everybody serves someone. And what the Bible says is that there's really two basic options, and it's outlined here in Jeremiah 7. That either you obey God or you obey the uh, stubborn inclinations of their evil heart. You obey an, your, your evil heart. So it's funny to think of it this way because we don't think of it in terms of obedience. But when we follow only what we think and what we want to do, that is an act of obedience. It's obedience to our sinful, evil desires. It's still obedience. And what that obedience does is enslave us to those desires. So it's very important to understand that obedience is non-negotiable. You and I will always obey someone or something our whole life long. It's unavoidable. The only question is, who will you obey? And only as we obey God in his word do we find uh, life and freedom 
and blessing. So, what we obey is trust and love. Who we obey is preferably God over our evil hearts. Why do we obey? Why would we obey? Well, we've already hinted at it, haven't we? And it's kind of summarized in John chapter 1, verse 12. It says, Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name. So, believing in his name is the command. Believe in Jesus Christ. He gave the right to become children of God. Why do we obey? Is to receive a right relationship with God. That's how we receive the gift of salvation. We receive the the blessings of God, the empowering of the Holy Spirit. All of those things are received as we obey. Now, I'd like to highlight a point here that I think is really, really critical. And that is that we receive the gifts of God through obeying. Uh, I was thinking about this, and the, the, the best example that I could think of is I've, I've talked in the past about when I, when I grew up as a, as a teenager, I played a lot of badminton. That was kind of my sport, and I played a number of times a week, was on a number of different teams. I really loved it a lot. And so uh, I had a coach, and that coach would tell me what to do. And when I listened to the coach, I was obeying his commands, all right? <clears throat> now, um, if we would think of this in terms of our relationship with God, it would be something like this. Okay, what do you want me to do, coach? Um, you know, you want me to practice on, uh, you know, on, an, uh, on smashing the bird or on a drop shot, and you want me to do this particular technique. Okay, I'll obey you. I'll do what you want. I mean, I don't get why, but I'll do what you want. And hopefully, um, if I do what you want, then you'll reward me with a win. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. It's the coach would say, if you do what I say, that is how you win. It's not like winning and doing what I say are, are somehow opposed to one another, or they're two separate issues where I'm just seeing whether you'll be obedient or not, and it's kind of irrelevant, but I'm just testing you, and then later I'll bless you. Actually, the means to blessing is through the obedience. This is powerful, isn't it? Because it's not just appeasing a God to get on his good side. It's he's saying, look, do you want to receive uh, the life that is found in me? This is what you do. Uh, I know what I do. I die for your sins. I fill you with the Holy Spirit. I know what I do. But in order for you to create space to receive that, then this is what you need to do. And as you do what you do, my spirit is going to fill those places And you're going to experience the blessings that you've longed for. Most importantly, a life-giving relationship with me where where we will become children of God. Man, there is no greater privilege than to be sons and daughters of the King. This is uh, what we experience in parenting, isn't it? That when we ask our children to obey us, those aren't random requests. It's, if you do this, this, and this, then you will have a life-giving relationship with me, with your siblings, you're going to do better at school, on and on it's going to go, uh, if you do what I say. So the commands and the blessing 
are woven together in a, in a way that you, you just can't divide them. So this is why God's commands aren't burdensome. That when you trust in him and do what he says through his word by loving him and loving others, uh, that creates space for you to experience the life that God wants to give you. Isn't this great? It's not mysterious. It's not tricky. God consistently says, do what I say. And if you do what I say, that, that simple act of obedience, I will do all the complicated things. <laughs> you know, I'm going to die for your sins and fill you with the Holy Spirit and direct your steps and, uh, you know, I'll lead you. I'll love you. But you've got to do what I say. And if you don't do what I say, I can't bless you. I, I can't give you the inheritance that I want to give you. Look, if you have a rebellious child, it doesn't matter how, um, how rich and successful and prosperous and good and, and loving a parent is. If the child rebels from that relationship and will not come under that parent's authority, they just won't receive the benefits that are in that relationship. So obedience is absolutely critical. Now, what a, one of the things, I, I, I don't know how many different commentaries I, I read on this this week, but what they all seem to be nervous about when it came to this particular point is the logic would go something like this. Oh, so what you're saying is, is that we need to obey to receive salvation. So that means that salvation is dependent upon our performance. And this is uh, an entirely unbiblical thought. It has nothing to do with, with how well we're doing. It does have to do with our willingness to receive, though. But we kind of hide behind this, don't we? We say, well, uh, salvation is a free gift, and so I should just be able to sit there and receive it. Well, no. You know, there's some gifts that, I mean... <laughs> Okay, I want to receive this Bible. What do I have to do? If I, if I do this, do I receive? No, I have to put up my hands and receive it. When I'm receiving it, I'm not earning it. I'm not like my putting my hand from my side up here wasn't an act of, of works righteousness. It was receiving it. And there's some things in order to receive them requires our participation. We're not earning, we're receiving. So this means that it's less about our performance and more about our posture of, of being humble and submissive. Because a, a humble and submissive heart is now open to receive what God wants to give. Now that might look like something, but how well we do that thing barely matters. We don't, we don't look at our kids and, 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 uh, you know, well, we shouldn't at least, you know, criticize them. Well, you didn't do that, that well enough, so, so, you know, I can't bless you. That would be a cruel parent. That would be a parent that is not um, leading their children with kindness and grace. That would be a performance-based home. No, we, we bless our children. We long to bless them. And whenever we ask them to obey us, it's simply so that they posture themselves to receive what we're trying to give. Isn't this powerful? As God says, you know, just, 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 just do what I say, 
and then I like do everything. I'm not going to violate your will. I'm not going to cram my blessings down your throat even if you don't want it. You've got to receive. But all you have to do is be willing to receive and I'm going to long to bless you. So why we obey is so that we can be in right relationship with God and receive the blessings inside of that relationship. When do we obey? Well, the simple answer is always. Why would we not want to? I mean, it would be ridiculous to not want to obey given the the blessings of obedience. 2 Peter 1.3 says it this way, His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life. Now, here's what I I, I want you to do. I want you to connect His, his divine power that's given us all that we need for a godly life. So this is divine power. How do you receive divine power? Well, you come under the power. Uh, Only as you submit to the power do you get the benefit of it. And if you don't submit to it, uh, he can have all the power uh, in the world, which he does have, but you won't receive any of it because you're not surrendered to it. You've not uh, come under and submitted yourself. You know, I uh, I think of the primary reason why we're disobedient. I mean, the, the ultimate reason is that we're, we're self-centered and, and proud. But let's, let's talk about the excuses that we use when we're disobedient. And what's the primary one that I use? I'm sure that you use it as well. And it's simply this, I can't. If you, uh, if you remember the, the pendulum swing in transformations, we have um, religion and rebellion. And religion is I must. That's that performance, works, righteousness thing that really undermines a love relationship. But on the rebellious side or the disobedient side, um, it looks originally like I can't. But what I can't is always a, uh, a cover for is I won't. But I won't looks rebellious and we don't want to look rebellious. So we just say, I can't. I can't. Uh, don't get me wrong. I mean, I'd love to obey you. I just can't. Um, Really, we won't. But, but let's just go through ex- a few examples. So tithing. I mean, I'd like to tithe. Don't get me wrong. I just can't afford it. I can't. I can't afford to tithe. But don't worry. Whenever I can afford it, I will. I'll get around to it. Really, I promise. Uh, often not kept. An addiction. Why, why would we feel enslaved to something? Well, we don't feel able to overcome it, right? I can't overcome it. I want to overcome it. I just can't. Um, how about forgiveness? Uh, I want to forgive my enemies. I just, I just can't participate in that level of injustice. What they've done to me is wrong and I can't overlook it. So I'm not going to. I won't. So the way that we describe disobedience is with I can't kind of language. But really, it's about I won't. And here's what the I won't is. I won't come under your power to receive the ability to love and walk in freedom and righteousness. I won't come under it. I won't submit. Um, As soon as we would submit to the power of God, we would find the grace to give, the grace to overcome our addictions, the grace to forgive our enemies, as we would come under that power, we would have the power that rose Jesus from the dead, the power that created the universe, would now, we, we would be under that power. 
Now, when we're under that power, is there any excuse for disobedience? Absolutely not. And so how do we receive that power? How do we uh, come under it? We obey. Oh, man, it's just so beautifully simple that all we have to do is what God says, and then we receive all that his power uh, provides. This is just beautiful. So we, 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 come to, uh, we come to tithing and we go, you know, I don't think I can. But I, I've surrendered my heart to you. I've decided to live my life under you in, in submission to your sovereign authority. And so I'm going to obey you. I don't feel like I can obey you. I don't even know if I want to, but I'm going to submit to you. And as we come under that power, we find the ability to do the very thing that we thought we couldn't do. This is just fantastic. All we had to do was obey. And as we obey, he then fills that moment with himself. The same is true with addiction. I feel like I have to give in. It's just unavoidable. It's happened a thousand times before. And this moment is not any different. Ah, but the one way to make it different is through obedience. It's the only thing that would be required of us. Obey, submit, come under his power. And as we obey him in the obedience, we find he fills that moment with his grace that empowers us to obey. So that in the end, it was all his grace, all to his glory. But we created space for that to receive his power by coming under it, which looks like obedience. Same with forgiveness. I don't want to. I don't feel like I can. I'm horrible. I hold grudges all the time. Yes, fine. But if you hold grudges, now you're obeying yourself. You're obeying your evil heart. Obey God instead. You can make that choice. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life. So obey him. And as you obey, his power is there to fulfill his word in your life. Ah, oh, isn't it great that, that God does everything, yet he, he, he leaves something for us to do so that he doesn't violate our free will, so that we're not cooperating with him. But what he asks us to do is always within our means because it's always empowered by his grace. And that is the call to obey his command. Finally, how do we obey? Well, this is really complicated. Get ready to write this down. Uh, we obey by hearing and obeying. <laughs> it's just that simple. Uh, it's it said in so many different places in God's word, but Deuteronomy 6.3, hear Israel and be careful to obey. You hear and you obey. And so if we um, uh, choose to have a guarantee first, if we choose to have it all figured out first, we'll never get around to obedience. Obedience is always the first response to God's word. It's the first thing we do. Not after it all makes sense to us. Well, then it wouldn't be about faith, would it? And what we're ultimately obeying is trust. So we, we trust first. We don't trust after. We trust first. You know, there are so many things in my life that didn't make sense. And uh, God says, do what I say. I go, okay, I mean, I don't understand. 
and I feel vulnerable. I don't know that it's going to work out well. I'm going to do what you say. And then as I do what he says, he then fills that moment and does what I can't do, which is like everything. First, empowering me to obey, but also just changing even the people around me and the circumstances. It all ripples out when obedience comes first. Can I please exhort you? Obey first. First obey. And as you obey, revelation will come. As you obey, you'll see the promises of God unfold. As you obey, you'll, you'll feel the wind of the Spirit at your back, uh, breathing through you, empowering you to do what, he, what he's called you to do. So to obey is first to choose trust and love. And as we do those things first, everything else finds its rightful place. It's never second. Never obey second. That's not, it's never second. It's always first. Do you see how simple this is? When does your life and mine get complicated? It's when we obey second. And then we, you know, we got to figure it all out. And I don't really know if I can. There we go again, that can word. No, are we going to obey God or are we going to obey the stubborn inclinations of our evil heart. Those are the only options that are available to us. I think obeying God is better. So let's do that first and see where trusting in him takes us. Proverbs 3, 5 to 6 says that he will make our path straight as we trust in him. So in conclusion, a command is that which is commanded by an authority. Again, in our society, we contrast love and authority. And if anybody has authority, for sure they're not loving. It's just an assumed, it's just assumed. Well, in God, that is a false assumption because in God, his love and authority are perfectly woven together and we receive his love by coming under his authority. And as we surrender ourselves to his will and his power, as we do what he says, we find ourselves experiencing the love of God coming in us and flowing out of us and saving us. And it all began by submitting to his authority, which looks like obeying his commands. We don't do it in a wooden way. We don't do it to earn approval. We do it as an expression of surrender to him because we trust him and we love him. And, it, and when this happens, his commands are not burdensome. They're how we receive the life of God. So let me ask you, will you obey? Will you obey God? You might be in a very discouraged place. I found since January that uh, COVID has really worn me down. The pandemic has really worn me down. It's, uh, I'm kind of ready for it to be done. It was novel for a while, and now it's just tiring. And, it, and it's hard to be under these restrictions. And my father says to me, I know it's hard. Obey me. Yeah, but this, this, I don't know if I, obey me. Just obey me. Let me make it, you know, parent, you know, God is a parent to child. Just 
you know, you, you hold your child's face, just, just do what I say. Like, you're small and hardly know anything. <laughs> like, just do what I say, and it's going to go better for you. Just trust me. And so God implores you and I today to trust him. And that trust is going to look like doing what he says. Don't follow your heart. Follow his. Do what he says. Let's learn from Israel, who um, uh, denied their inheritance. They uh, forsook God. They lost everything because they did not obey. And of course, the challenge is there's always a gap between our disobedience and the consequences. And so we think, oh, I guess I got away with that one. No, you don't. You, 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 you shut a door to his love. You shut a door to trusting in him and coming under his power. Let's not do that. Let's learn from Israel and follow a different path, the path of, of trusting and obeying. We're going to be um, having communion today. And so if you want to, if you haven't already, you can collect those elements. And uh, we're going to be receiving this life that Christ has given us through an act of obedience. Now, here's what's so powerful about this. Um, if you, right now, uh, take some bread and take some wine or grape juice or whatever it is, if you take that and receive it, you did something, didn't you? You, you put the bread to your mouth and chewed. You, you swallowed some juice. You obeyed. Can I please tell you that the enemy is lying to you when uh, he suggests that other acts of obedience are harder than this? No, all acts of obedience are simply receiving sustenance, receiving forgiveness, receiving the life of Christ. And so as we participate in communion today, this is practice for obedience. It's the practice of receiving. If you, if you take the bread, you're not earning it. That's a ridiculous thought. It's, it's unbiblical. It's just not true. You're not earning anything. You're receiving. And so let's receive today. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, this is what it says. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, in the night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And uh, when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Father, we receive the sustenance that comes from the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. We receive it. We obey the command to participate in communion, fellowship, communion with you. And thank you as we say yes, you fill us not just with physical bread, but with the sustenance and strength of your spirit through the work of Jesus Christ. And so we say that we're hungry to obey. We're hungry to receive. And we surrender ourselves now through this act, to your authority. This is Christ's body broken for you. Take and eat.
In the same way, he took the cup also after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So we obey you again. Just as it says in John uh, 1.12, uh, as, as many as have received him, he gave the right to become children of God. So we receive the forgiveness of sins. We're not proud. We don't, have, we don't have rebellious hearts that is insulted by needing to be forgiven. No, we receive. We surrender our souls to the forgiveness of God. And we obey the command to receive the forgiveness of sins. And thank you that in this act of obedience, you cleanse our heart. You make us whole. You deliver us from evil. And you make us secure in our relationship with you forever. This is Christ's body, blood shed for you. Take and drink. Oh, Father, thank you. Thank you for making your salvation so accessible. Thank you for giving us a way to receive, to participate to trust, to know what love looks like. And so I ask now that you would, uh, that you would come near us and fill us with hope. In Jesus' name, amen. Mm-hmm.